Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get going here in just a second. Let's see, we have Kay out there. I know Kay, you might not be able to join us just yet on stage, but feel free to pop on up. There he is on the mic. Hey, what's going on, Nate? Hey, Kay. Glad you could join us. Nice. Timely. Timely is good. Man, I am excited to talk stocks as always. I can't get enough of it. How's my mic, by the way? It was not good earlier today. It's much better. It's better. Yeah, I can can hear you. Okay, good. Um, Yeah, it was weird early on spaces. It just uh, was like fading in and out. So I've got to get that adjusted. And I think we're good here. Got some interesting stuff to talk about, like a myriad of things. I know Paul mentioned Wendy's. I definitely want to talk about this Wendy's pricing model, which I think is interesting. We'll get into that. We got Apple, the Apple car going away. That's definitely notable. Um, Got all these gambling stocks, right? I don't know about you. Do you get, I know you, you know, I talk DraftKings like nonstop, but uh, do you get into uh, the gambling stocks? I don't remember us talking about it too much. No, I have not got it into gambling stock. I know I tracked DraftKings with you, but I don't actually, uh, I have not taken any chances with DraftKings, uh, especially with the options. Yeah, we'll get into some of the details there. A bunch of different names in the space, and it's kind of interesting when you take a broader look at it. So we'll get into some numbers and whatnot. And uh, yeah, how was your, day, your trading day? Did you trade much? I did not trade. I I actually was very busy with work today for a change. <laughs> and uh, every time I got a chance to take a look at it, the stocks that I was eyeing were down. I I didn't want to play Zoom, uh, right before earnings. So they did come up with the earnings today. Uh, it, I mean, post market is only down like point one two percent. It's like a very weird call that happened. So I still need to uh, analyze what happened with Zoom. Gotcha. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, there's a number of these names where the the after after hours action has been interesting. Like Workday yesterday was all over the place, um, and then a lot of the retail names too are interesting. I could get into that. Um, Macy's and Lowe's have reported, and and more are. I think they both have already. Macy's did well. Um, I think Lowe's also popped. You look at those charts here in a second. Okay, Man, I've been yeah. trading futures too, and. Uh, I tell you what, it's a good time. I am enjoying trading futures so far. Maybe you can take some time off and, you know, walk us through at some point in time. You know, we can do a session on that. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to do some live trading here. I mean, it seems like it makes some sense to do it. Um, but right but futures you can trade it. even after hours, right? Before hours, after hours, you can trade futures, no problem, right? Yeah, I'm trading right now, actually. I got a small position open and just... Uh, yeah, looking for a little bit of a pullback. <clears throat> excuse me, in the ES. And uh, is it is it only the indexes that you can trade, or is it also uh, equities you can trade as well? Um, it looks like you can. There's a number of things you can trade, like different commodities and whatnot. No individual after-hour stocks, like what Robinhood was getting at. But um, mm-hmm. did they do that? Did Robinhood follow through with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can actually. But uh, even though when you place a trade, not necessarily it gets filled up. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't use Robinhood as often. Um, but yeah, so they do have that, they have that up and running though, and they just don't have necessarily, um, you know, like the, the ability to 
fill out all the orders. He's not having the volume. I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, generally, if you're doing Apple and you know those big names, it works. I did not get it. Honestly, I don't use Robinhood for that. I only use Robinhood for spreads and uh, iron condors. So those do, they don't get filled anyways uh, after hours or pre-market. Uh, okay, noted, noted. Here they come. Here comes Blind Luck. Here's Carl. Hey, Carl, how you doing this evening? Hope everything is going good for you. Hey, hey. Nice. Big, big news with the Apple Car today. Were you, were you planning on getting an Apple Car? Or are you disappointed? <laughs> uh, I usually buy anything Apple. Uh, I'm a big Apple stand, but uh, you know, I think I think it's ultimately a good thing that they're not producing an Apple Car. It's better for their margins. Uh, as a shareholder, I'm happy, and uh, let them just partner with a uh, with car companies and. Stick to the software part of it. Yeah, you weren't alone. I mean, no, yeah. I agree with Carl on this one, right? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, because uh, there is no see because for other car companies, the the big problem is not the 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 hardware part for the companies, right? It's the software part that car companies suck at. They are very good in the hardware side, designing, production, mm -hmm. very good at it, supply chain. The problem comes with the software part. Regard, take any car. You can take Honda, Acura, Toyota, um, you know, they suck at that. So if they actually leverage Apple, Apple is a software company, not a hard, I mean, not a car company. And not everybody can be Tesla, right? Any... Yeah, 100% agree. The other, the other big risk with cars, it's like, you have an airbag. Exactly. What's that, Blanda? Airbag. a little protected in their niche with phones, you know, if they have a problem with the phone after two, three years, you know, them off market. Well, cars have a lot longer lifespan. Exactly. Right? So anytime there's a recall or issue, you have a lot more cars to deal with. Or let's say the iPhone 15 has an issue with the battery, just hypothetically. Um, in two years, that problem's basically gone. Like nobody is using that phone anymore. So, um, you know, car companies, with the way the legal system is currently going after them, that's a really tough business. So I'm actually, as an investor, glad that Apple's staying away from it. You're breaking up a little bit for me there, Blind Luck, but I think I caught you there. Um, and yeah, I think that overall, like what Carl, what you were saying with respect to pivoting away from from this, is it, the shareholders are happy. I mean, you're happy as a shareholder. Look, you know, midday reaction today definitely said the same thing. So that was a big pop once we got that news. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Gene Munster was uh, was tweeting about this, and he was, you know, he was talking about TAM, right? Total addressable market, which is you know, every analyst's dream is talking about TAM, right. uh, which is an ethereal thing to begin with, right? You know, how many people actually know how much, how big a total addressable market is? But, uh, you know, he said that, uh, here we go in his tweet, you know, he was talking about their, their top line growth. If, if Apple gets 10% of the automotive, the automotive market, that would grow their top line by 60%. Now, you know, again, you talk about the margins, so that would grow their top line, but what would it do for the bottom line, you know, for, for how much they're actually putting into it and, uh, you know, the risks involved in, in a, a car company, I think, uh, I think ultimately it's a good move.
Yeah, the risk, like we saw with Tesla, how risky that is and how hard it was for them to succeed. And and now that they're chugging along here, you can see everybody struggling to keep up. And uh, yeah, I think competition's fierce. So Apple's just taking note. And uh, I think it was a good move myself, but I'm no expert for sure. I'm not the biggest Apple fan in the world. Like <laughs> I kind of go against the grain. My family's full of all these Apple phones and iPads and watches and all things and uh, MacBooks on everything, you name it. You know, I'm Apple the, doesn't care as long as you're buying the product, right, Nate? You're buying the product. They don't care whether you like them or not. You bought the product, you're in their ecosystem, you're paying, that's fine. They're happy with it. Well, I'd like to say I didn't buy the products, but I <laughs> technically I did. But, uh... <laughs> it's always your credit card, my friend. That's true. That's true. That's the same. It all comes from one bank account. But um, yeah, and... Uh... I, so I'm the black sheep in the family, and I, I've always kind of gone against the grain. And man, I get I take it from literally every all my buddies too. They're all Apple. Uh, I guess everybody here in the states, right? Huge Apple uh, users, and so I try I try to fight it. But now instead of fighting it, I just I don't I don't run with it. I don't embrace it. I invest in them though. I mean, be kind of silly not to, right? Given how great their returns are and how great the company's been. Um, can't deny that. I definitely invest in things that I don't necessarily like. If it's just this quality investment, what are you going to do? Uh, anyway, so talking about investing and uh, different investments right now, I wanted to, to look at a couple of different things. Um, we're talking about Apple Car and the impact on Apple. It's a nice little surprise today. Um, but also we've got uh, gambling stocks and just sports betting in general. I want to get into a bit of the numbers there and I'll, I'll walk through that I've got some data pulled up um, but then also we've got um, just some crazy moves in different stocks I was curious if you guys in particular were watching anything that's moved in a big way recently um, or if there's anything that you know just wanted to kind of discuss in general I know blind luck we were talking about arm a little bit earlier you mentioned that in the chat and uh, that has been, I mean, ARMS to me is super interesting because of the fact that NVIDIA uh, was involved, right? Trying to pick up ARM, uh, ticker ARM, ARM Holdings. And uh, it's it's taken off here recently. Where is it at now? Yeah, wow. ARM's super interesting. They um, were going to get bought by NVIDIA and then hit the EU block that. So then they IPO because basically SoFi is 90% owner of ARM. And they're looking to exit, you know, cash out, cash out, which makes total sense. And so, by um, 180-day lockup period ends March 12th, and there's a bunch of people out there thinking, you know, March 12th, SoFi might announce that they start are planning to start unloading some of these ARM shares. And then, since they're such a large shareholder, and ARM is crippled since IPO, there could be some serious downward pressure on the stock. Not because it's not a great company, but just because. A bunch of shares get unlocked so very interesting stock to watch yeah that, that i'm wondering so you said yeah there it is i just pulled this up um oh so i've got softbank group retains 90.60 uh that's why i'm at softbank yeah 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 you're right. that, that makes a little more sense but yeah same same difference the, the whole point being that they own they retain 90.6 percent stake in the company um, after the IPO. So that is a massive uh, ownership. So would you say March 12th? That's interesting. Keep an eye on that. Yeah, March 12th is when the unlock period ends. And 
they probably won't sell all 90% of it all at once. But considering they're trying to sell it to NVIDIA, which kind of signals they want to sell, and the fact that they own 90% of ARM, which, I mean, that market cap's got to be huge. I mean, you would think they'd probably want to take some profits off the table since it's tripled since IPO. So it would make sense for them to sell some of it. Maybe not all of it. They might want to keep controlling interest, but maybe 40% of what they have. I mean, I mean, why not? Right. I mean, just to give you an idea of the numbers here, ARM was trading. I mean, I've only zoomed back here to late last year was as low as $50 a share in you know, October timeframe is now is trading at 140. So yeah, seems like a good time to take some profits off the table. Yeah. They've tripled their you know value that they came to IPO, which, which many people thought was high. I mean, we're talking billions and billions and billions of dollars here. They need to get some of that diversified away from arm. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I did not, that was not on my radar. So March 12th, we'll have to see how that works. But yes, I think 90.6% stake in ARM. That not, I don't know when the last time I saw something like that. But never never surprising. Uh, there's two things that I love because you, you always get something new, even when you think like, how could there be something new that's been around forever? Sports and the stock market, right? Like baseball's been around forever, and then they'll come up with some stat this never happened before. Some guy did something in some game or back-to-back game. Never happened in history. And then you get stuff like this in the market. Like, I think it was SMCI. Was it SMCI that had the RSI that was like 98? Um, like, you yep. just, right? Yep. Like, that's just not been seen or hasn't only been seen once or whatever it was. Maybe it's never been seen before. And so you just get these things that pop up that are just, you have to keep on your toes, head on swivel, all that good stuff. And uh, I'm almost not surprised when you hear new things. So yeah, I see um, our buddy Paul is on. Yeah, so I dropped him an invite. He might he might be in the middle of stuff. You know, Paul, he might be uh, uh, you know hiking through the neighborhoods there, trekking around, dodging the cops. You know, he was doing that last time. Oh, but, maybe uh, <laughs> trading futures. You know, who knows? Yeah, well, I gotta check in on my futures, see how they're doing here. But in the meanwhile, one thing Paul mentioned that I thought was interesting, and uh, I want to bring it up, and we can circle back to it if need be too. But um, Wendy's going to the Uber pricing model. Like, what's going on with that? They're going to be charging different prices depending on like time of day, basically. Um, there, it's like this dynamic pricing model, similar to surge pricing that you get with Uber. I don't know about you guys, but when it comes to um, Uber and Lyft, I go with Lyft because I, I know the pricing is going to be a little bit more stable. I know what I'm going to get, and I don't have to deal with that surge pricing that you get with Uber. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but where Wendy's is at. I mean, from a stock perspective, um, oh, what is Wendy's? What is the ticker under? I have to look that up. Um, but yeah, from a from an investing standpoint, it sounds like a decent idea, right? Like you're going to have, oh, it's just WEN, of course. Um, it sounds like a good idea because it's accretive to margins, right? If you have pe- uh, customers that do not care if demand is... is um, Stop filled. Stop filled. Is, is, oh, man, I always get this backwards. I studied for the CFA and I sh- should know this. <laughs> and then I always get these backwards for some reason in my head, demand elasticity and inelasticity. Either way, the point is, if the customers don't care for small fluctuations in price, they'll just buy the same thing over and over. Which one is that, you guys? Help me out. Elasticity? Demand? I'll look it up. Anyways, um, 
if they don't care, then you're just going to pay the money and you're going to add to your margins, right? And it should be good from a business perspective and from a shareholder's perspective. And when I get a second here to pause, I will look that stuff up. It's going to drive me nuts. So it's called inelastic demand. So if demand's consistent regardless of price, kind of like oil. Then it's inelastic. Yeah, inelastic demand. Thanks. I can, I get them backwards. Inelastic, inelastic. But go ahead. Yeah, it depends if you're looking at it from a cost versus demand perspective. But normally it's talked about from a demand side. Yep. Um, I personally don't like this model. I mean, for Uber, it makes sense because they have a different number of drivers in different areas. And, like, they need to incentivize the driver to be online when it's needed. Like, around a stadium after a big game, right? Yeah. But, like, the Wendy's building doesn't move. The Wendy's building you know, is able to produce the same number of burgers every day. Like, where's the line here? Is my grocery store going to start doing demand pricing because I show up at 9 a.m. versus noon? I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of it. I think a lot of people will be okay with it, but I do think there will be a segment of the population that's really frustrated when they go to get a burger and fries and they don't know what the price is going to be. And is the price going to change from when you order it at the drive through window to when you, like, go to pay? Like, where, like how, how, how flexible is this pricing model, you know? Um it'll be interesting to see how it's implemented and how it's tolerated. And if it's, if it's tolerated well, you know, people are becoming a little bit less price sensitive with inflation. They're used to things changing. Um, you could really see the fast food industry change and it's kind of scary to think. About. I know. I agree. Um, the way they said they work in it is um, it'll see, it'll be enabled by a high tech digital menu board basically they can update prices in real time so it sounds like you know you roll up in the drive-through and the board's just gonna shock you with whatever sticker price you got there um i'm gonna say it's not a high-tech menu board it's a tv <laughs> yeah come on man i'm reading this great write-up here <laughs> but yeah it's a tv <laughs> yeah imagine imagine uh driving and uh, pulling up in the drive-through and um and you can like see the price change like you're you're like three or four cars back and you see it change in real time and it goes up. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like you're in line and you can't move. So they, you, you were talking about inelastic versus elastic demand, yeah. and and they're basically saying you know inelastic demand is like you know no no matter what the price is, people are still going to buy. And that's um, what they're saying. That's what they're banking on. Well, that yeah. I, it's got to be like a, a just a few. You know, it's not going to be like the rural location out in the middle of nowhere. It's going to be like a city location. It's going to be the lunchtime rush. Um, you know, it's going to be like the the location that's near the um, near yeah, like the, the stadium. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. go on. I was just going to say, yeah, it's going to be those spots. Like, I it's not Wendy's here, but there's a Jack in the Box down by the university that like. After every game, it's just jammed. On Saturday nights, you know it's jammed with people just because of where it happens to be. It's nothing to do with the fact that it's jack-in-the-box. But uh, same thing with Wendy's, right? That's what you're getting at, Paul. There'll be locations where – could you imagine being in that line and then all of a sudden a line of cars forms behind you and the, the prices just starts ticking up? It's just, that would be... <laughs> well, they'll, they'll be clever about it. They'll, they'll have, like, the main people – Oh, you're breaking up, Brian. You're breaking up. Oh, dang. I'll, I'll get that. Fixed. Oh, it's funny. Then you just came clear on that last bit. But, oh, yeah. You know, I'm just saying they're going to slide the menu and have like 
you know, the Wendy's girl on there and like distract you and then they'll slide the menu back over <laughs> and you won't actually see it change. It'll just be like magically racing. Yeah, seriously. It's going to be interesting. If it catches well, on, though, it can change a lot. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I- I'm going to be really interested in see, you know, different arbitrage, take different uh, people taking advantage of the arbitrage there, different strategies like, um, you know, m- maybe. Maybe one day we'll have, uh, you know, Wendy's futures that we can bet on or something. Uh, <laughs> like, all right, the the price of wheat, the price of wheat is going up. We, you know, we think that's going to affect Wendy's futures. But I think, you know, before we get to even get to that, you're going to see people like, um, uh, you know, you know those like pizza delivery boxes that keep keep food warm. You're going to see a guy like pick up one of those, uh, you know, buy buy a bunch of uh, Dave's. Dave's doubles, uh, you know, for five bucks at 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. and then lunchtime rolls around and they're uh, they're flipping them, flipping them for uh, two or three bucks you know, of profit per burger. I, I envision like this homeless guy with like this oven box at like the drive-through entrance and he's like handing out burgers for five bucks <laughs> instead of six. And yeah. he's probably gonna be like proud <laughs> of his idea. And Wendy's just not gonna do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. What are they, what can they do? Yeah. <laughs> This is crazy. I did not have this on my uh, my bingo card. Is is fluctuating Wendy's prices and all this like, and it really could change uh, the industry in general, like across the board. And then that could that could bleed out. I think though, well, Paul, you might have it. Hit, you might have it solved. There, you're gonna have the guys that are gonna be hustling and yeah. uh, selling right out front, the, outside the doors, that kind of thing. Well, and this is you know this. People were thinking that this is silly and stuff, but there's already companies that do this today. Uh, the biggest example, of course, is gas stations. Gas stations can change the the price of gas, you know, just just like right. that. Um, if you ever been to uh, one of those, um, so so in DC, there's a Whole Foods, but it's like an Amazon Whole Foods where um, you can just put things in your cart. And it automatically tags it to your cart. Uh, the 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 you know it, it calculates is like okay, you know Paul Dozer he he just added uh, twenty seven items and it's uh, and it's gonna be uh, ninety seven dollars. Um, you know like they they track that with all the cameras. Um, there's like there's like a million cameras in the in the stores. Every every price tag is digital and can change on a dime, and every price tag has a camera. And then there's, you know, the all RFID sensors. There's a million cameras in the ceiling, you know, like that. Those uh, Whole Foods locations that are sort of um, impregnated with the Bezos, the the uh, the Bezos eyes, uh, you know, they already do something like that. And that's a grocery yeah, store, but, like you know, surge they, pricing. They this, this, is, this has been going on for longer than that even. If you look at, um, like you go to the movie, you can get matinee pricing versus the, you know, evening price. Um, they have happy hours, yeah, yeah. you know, restaurant. I think maybe Wendy's should have just like upped their prices and not said anything, and then offered like their uh, discount time, you know, happy hour for Wendy's, and you know, put a positive spin on it. Like, hey, you could save money if you come between two p.m. and you know four p.m. or something. Um, I, I think the way they're going, yeah. where they're saying, hey, we're going to increase prices on you randomly. Like, it might not be well received. Maybe, uh, yeah, and the happy hour thing might or might not work because. You know, there's, I'm sure they have a pretty good breakdown of the types of restaurants they have, you know, like the rural 
type restaurant, the, the beachside tourist attraction restaurant, the one that's in the inner city, uh, the, it, the, in the nice area with the plexiglass, the one that's in the, in, in, in the, the hoity toity part of the whole food, the, the Trader Joe's part of the city, uh, the one that's near the office park, you know, they've got all these different types, the, these different uh, types of Wendy's and they all have their sort of uh, proclivities and in, in terms of like when things, when there's a rush, yeah, yeah, I guess. And so it's pretty all. customized. So is this bullish you think for Wendy's? I mean, we're talking about Wendy's. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, you get out of my head, Paul. Get out of my head. Yeah, so there's no bad publicity, right? And uh, we are talking about Wendy's, then if they're ahead of the curve on this thing, uh, it could be a good thing. This Their chart doesn't look great, I'll say that much. So I need to do something here. Um, but uh, yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, I'm glad you brought that uh, to our attention, Paul, with the post earlier. My and, pleasure, uh, my pleasure. Yeah, and uh, this is where I'll pause for a quick minute and say, if you haven't already, be sure you give these guys a follow-up here on stage. And, uh, you know, I, I think maybe we should, I'll make sure, if not, at some point during this round, you know, as we go, to introduce you guys a little bit better. Because uh, I know some of the, the listeners tune in a lot and they know who everybody is. But, you know, we've got such a diverse panel here. I'm sure not everybody um, is familiar with everybody, but... I'll guarantee you guys this much, your timelines are gonna be much improved with uh, any one of these speakers added to it. So uh, we like to talk stocks and the markets on Tuesdays and then on Wednesday in the evenings and then on Wednesdays, same time, 8 p.m. Eastern, we talk about wealth building. We'll be doing that tomorrow as well. But keeping this thing rolling, uh, talking just about stocks in general and just different themes. So if you missed it, we did talk about the Apple car a little bit or the lack thereof, um, just got, this Wendy's conversation, which I still, I don't know, man. I'm really interested to see how it goes. It's like, yeah, we'll see. But we are talking about it, which I think is a great. Point. I'm rooting for it. I hope it works out. I, I hope so. I'm always rooting for everybody's success, honestly. But uh, if it goes, I worry a little bit that if everybody, if all the fast food, fast food's already gotten expensive, like crazy expensive. So this might just add to yeah, that. Yeah, that's so my we'll worry see. too. Like if Wendy's does it and it's like well received, like Starbucks and McDonald's and Dunkin' Donuts, like you know they're all gonna jump on. Yeah, all of a sudden we have a hard time budgeting. <laughs> you know, well, and like you know, we we haven't ha we have so much access to data. And, you know, the, the type of technology that, that can sort of, um, you know, change prices on the fly and, and, and the, the software that can sort of crunch that data and, and find trends. I mean, that stuff is becoming trivial. So it's almost like why, why won't every co company do this to some extent? You know, like maybe maybe one day Costco does something well, like this. Because, like, if you look at the business model like Wendy's, right? You have fixed labor, you have fixed material costs, you have fixed building costs, you have fixed taxes. Like, all your costs are basically fixed. So if at lunch people are driving somewhere else because the line's too long, you're losing profits, right? Like, you, you could have charged more, served the same number of customers, um, and, and, you know, it's it makes sense. Like, to be competitive in this field, you're going to have to increase prices when you can't serve everybody. It, it makes total sense. Yeah, you know, the the biggest fast food lines that I ever see are um, Chick Fil A, Chick Fil A lunchtime, and Chick Fil A four or five o'clock. 
um, the ones near around here, you got 50 cars waiting in line. Yeah, so how much um, lost by people pulling up to Chick-fil-A and go, oh, snap, I only have 30 minutes. I can't wait in that line. And, you know, if Chick-fil-A just increased their cost 20% and, you know, less people made the conscious decision to go to Chick-fil-A, but they still served the 50 people an hour or whatever their drive through can handle, right? And and, and the, uh, the cost per car, I mean – it, it's pretty easy to get up to 50 bucks, you know, if everyone's it buying fries and drinks and all that. It's, um, I mean, it's not cheap by any means. Yeah, the, the two the two fast food restaurants that just dominate parking lots, like they need an entire, like, footprint all to themselves um, are Chick-fil-A and In-N-Out. If you got In-N-Out as well, man, same thing. And, uh, I was sitting there thinking, man, if they did surge pricing in and out, that would change my whole thing because we end up going during the busy times, of course. And uh, but it's my go to because it's I got teenage boys and these guys can eat like, oh, my goodness. Like, I remember being able to eat like this, but I don't remember being able to eat like this. So, you know, in and out's a lifesaver and they start jacking up the prices on me. Um, what's interesting is like I also like going to a few of the local like uh, burger and beer joints here, and if it's going to be negligible, it's going to be one or the other, or I'm not going to know. Like, what if you don't know? I'm going to go to Wendy's; it's going to be nice and cheap, or I'm going to go and it's going to cost me the same because if I go to this nice place that has like the gourmet, you know, grass-fed burgers or whatever the hell, um, yeah, it'll change. It could change your whole dynamics and how you think about it going really out. It really does. To like I've actually started doing the breweries more because I can get a burger and fries, buy a burger and fries for my dad or who or my friend or whoever's coming with me, and have a beer for under forty bucks. And it's like, I you know I'm seeing people go to McDonald's and spend forty bucks on two meals. I just it, it's true statement. Yeah, it's just not starting to make sense. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, another little hack there is like my wife and I like to go to the nice Italian restaurant here. And then if we don't want to go out, we'll just get one meal and split it. And that's, you know, you spend $30 on a meal to go. If it's big old, nice meal, it's $15 a head. Like you said, that's basically the same as going, going to eat a McDonald's. I'm not going to drink with that. It's like just the plate or whatever, but still it's a, the, the pricing has it used to be a lot more disparate, I think is the word I'm looking for, disparate, disparate. And uh, it used to have a lot lot wider gap. Now everything's just gotten kind of compressed and to the upside. So, um, yeah, these pricing models, man, I really think they could have a big impact if they're adopted. If they just get, you know, shunned and put away like, like something else that was tried and didn't work, then, you know, this will all be for naught. But interesting stuff. Um all right, so I want to pivot a little bit. I do have these gambling stocks on my mind. Um, and I don't know, guys, do, I mean, do any of you bet on sports? I used to bet on sports pretty heavily just because that's what I did. Like, I enjoyed it. It's a nice hobby. I, I say heavily. I mean, like, often. I, mean, I don't bet, like, big, large sums or anything. But I enjoy, you know, sports betting for sure. And uh, everybody I know, like, all my friends are into it. And Nearly all of them now have an, one app or another. So um, it's obviously taking off and you see it now. It's like this, the the cool, th- I don't know, cool thing, but like if you're invested in this space, um, one of the things that's it just naturally feeds, you know, things like DraftKings and Caesars and MGM and all these um, names are in the space is, 
you have sports on year round and especially when the season's kicking off it's like prime time to you know get prime or maximum juice out of your advertising dollars right and they have it all year round different sports so um yeah i guess first anybody here want to admit that they like to gamble on sports because we're all responsible investors so i understand i only gamble in casinos only casinos okay does that mean you yeah. go to the sports book no, I, I, I'm mostly on the slot machine or blackjack. Okay, nice. I like it. And and Carl, you're not a big sports better, I'm guessing. Blind luck, you would have jumped in already. I actually, actually oh, Carl. Yeah. Oh, Carl. I, I I only placed one uh sports bet in my life and that was uh on the Giants to win the Super Bowl when they were eight and eight playing the Jets on Christmas. And I think they ran the table. So my $50 bet I split with my brother turned into, I think, two grand each. So I was like, I'm retiring. <laughs> That's it. I'm going out on top. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> you got to go out a winner. Quit, quit while you're ahead. I love it. <laughs> Paul, you get into it much? Yeah, oh, sorry, Blind Luck. What were you going to say? Uh, I was just going to say, I don't really gamble much. Um, it's mathematically flawed. I yep. did do, Smart man. for the playoffs this year, I did do DraftKings. They had a sign-up bonus. Um, so I signed up and I, I took the sign up bonus and I actually won a little money and then I cashed out and that that's about all I'll do is I'll try to steal the sign up money and leave. <laughs> that's not a bad strategy. What about you, Paul? I uh, I mean, in terms of gambling, I used to do a lot of gambling, specifically Texas Hold'em. <laughs> I have uh, wasted or spent, however you want to call it, uh, you know, probably hundreds, maybe thousands of hours at, at uh, card tables playing hold'em um and you know I, I used to play a lot of uh magic the gathering used to play a lot of texas hold'em you know like strat like strategy and, and i've i've sort of uh i've lost my my love for gambling um and and i get a lot of that like today you know i'll play board games with my friends or or you know trading in the market that like that that is uh that is a uh, usurped that itch for me. The gambling is like, okay, like, I mean, because the market's a game itself. I mean, it's um, and it's a solvable game. Um, you know, so for me, like, I, I basically get like no enjoyment from gambling anymore. Uh, it's it's pretty much just been killed because it's like, no, I can I can actually do something um, that's pretty similar to, the, to that scratches some of the same itch, but I can actually like, I, I have an edge. I can actually make money. So, you know, for me, uh, I understand a lot of people love gambling, you know, they, like they even love fantasy football. I used to play in like seven different leagues at the same time. I just, uh, I don't know. I've, I've killed that part of myself. I just don't enjoy it. And it's like a chore. I agree with that sentiment. Um, you know, because when you are actually trading, you have a better uh, better chances of actually winning that trade versus when you go to the casino you pretty much are you know you're going to come out losing most of the times and you know i mean you know i mean sometimes nowadays when i go to casino and play you know let's say i spent like a thousand dollars so it'll, it'll be like man i could have actually used that thousand to you know buy some spreads or done some csps did some trading i would have made you know a few percentage here and there but here yeah, i lost yeah. everything yeah, and and so the other thing, so you can like sit at a, at, at a poker table, 
and you're and you've got you can get an edge on other players, but if you're not playing high enough stakes, then the table rake is gonna uh, destroy you. You could play blackjack, <laughs> but uh, you know at, at best you have a forty nine and a half percent chance of winning if everyone at the table plays perfectly, which no one is gonna play perfectly because they're like, hey, it's my cards, it's my chips. Of of course I'm gonna uh, of course I'm gonna double down here. Of course you know of course I'm gonna hit on uh you know you know or i'm not gonna hit when i should uh it's it's um it's maddening um and sports betting sports betting is even worse i think you even worse odds than a casino probably even worse odds than playing roulette or a slot machine because it's like okay well i gotta um i gotta balance out my budget Uh, i gotta spend uh you know all this money on a quarterback or whatever and and then I, i need like some random Cleveland tight end to catch, uh, you know, a touchdown in, in 50 yards. And it's like, there's algorithms, there's algorithms that run through and they, and, and they look for like good value proposition with, um, with picking these, um, you know, daily fantasy teams that like on the sports betting apps, it's like the players that you look at the, the winning teams of these players and um, uh, uh, that these algorithms pick, None of us would have ever picked any of those teams in a million years, but you know they won because they they have an algorithm that picks out you know 500 teams and they their expected prob- profitability is uh, you know over it's like 53 percent or something and they and they're putting in like uh, forty thousand uh, dollars for all those. It's like it, it's uh, I mean it's like impossible. It takes the fun out of it, yeah. Yeah, it when it fun. becomes a, such a science that. You um you need like computer models and stuff. It, it takes to find out just picking your favorite quarterback, yeah. picking your favorite running back, yeah. and you know it, it's it's just not fun anymore. And like when I did the uh, on the playoffs this year for football, like I'm 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 looking through all these draft sheets and or uh, you know um statistic sheets and stuff, and I mean it was so complicated. And it's like I I have a minor in mathematics, right? Nice. Like, I am not a dumb person. I'm sitting here going like. How's the average person supposed to figure this shit out? And you know, I'm looking at the stuff like the, the payouts don't make a lot of sense. Like as far as like the risk you take, they, you know, I felt like the forty or fifty percent of what I thought they should have been. Like they're they're raking some good money in the back end there. Yeah, but but and so I, maybe maybe I'm a, a little full of ourselves, and maybe I'm being a little elitist. But I think it's like all right, we're like too smart. To get caught up in that, oh, so um, I love, I love but, that thought. But <laughs> you know, I, I, that is like me being a dick. Um, I love it. But, I love, but like, I'm, I'm over here thinking it. I'm just going to tell you. I was just going to say, listen, you guys, this is the panel you want to be listening to on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. If all of you are like, yeah, I'm betting on this tonight. I've got you know this riding on this game. I would know that that's where a lot of your attention is, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you, Paul. Yeah, um, my parlay. Yeah, but, but like all all of that shit, it's like it's like a lo- sorry for cussing. It's like a losing, it's a losing prospect. And and uh, but the the ninety nine percent of people out there that haven't really thought that hard about it, and um, they're just looking to have some entertaining fun. Um, they're gonna lose thousands of dollars a year on sports betting easily uh it's like it it's like a it's a slam dunk 
and and they are just like fish that are feeding into uh, the people that have min-maxed algorithms. It's like, yeah, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, just like Texas Hold'em poker. Yeah. It's a zero-sum game. Both people parties come to the table with a set amount. The casino takes a break of every pot. Yeah. And, you know, and so I just looked up just for, you know, this is a really interesting topic. I looked up DraftKings revenue for 20, um, this number's from 2022, so it's probably higher now. Uh, it was $1.29 billion. They had a negative 21% um, margin, so which means that, um, well, we'll just use revenue. $1.29 billion basically did not end up in somebody's pocket. So if Paul bets $100 and I'm on the other side of that bet and I bet $100, there's $200 in the pot. DraftKings got a significant cut of that, regardless of if Paul or I won. It's just kind of a, yeah, I mean, not not a good formula. Bad math there. Well, depends on which side of the formula you're on, right? But, yes, I hear what you're saying. The DraftKings side, it's great math. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I think I looked blind luck at like one of their, their filings, and they were saying that like the average uh, customer they can they can the average customer that they get to convert is worth like you know, uh, thirty eight hundred bucks or something like that. So like that's about that's how that's about how much they put in before they quit. Yeah, it's something like that, like something that's higher than it should be. I just looked at uh, the 2022 revenue. So that's 2.24 billion. That's not in somebody's hands who place bets. That's a lot of money to lose. So <clears throat> this is why we're talking about it, right? Because is this a good investment then? Like, do you guys like investing in something yes. like this? Right. Yeah, a, a thousand percent because, um, you know, the vast majority of people they're they're not thinking about this stuff. They're not thinking how it's like a stupid bet that they have no ho- hopes of in the long run. They're thinking, oh, this is fun. I can bet on uh, Tom Brady or Cam Newton. You know, who actually no, neither of those guys are playing anymore. But um, they're, <laughs> they're thinking like, hey, I can bet on my favorite player, and I'm I'm having fun. Um, it's it. They're not. <laughs> they're That's- they really. They haven't thought that far about it, and they don't really care. And and for them, they've all the, the cope has already been lined up in the marketing of it's like, oh, this is just for fun. This is just I'm just having a good time, you know. Uh, well, you know, don't be so weird about it. I'm just having fun, man. <laughs> so I will say too, like um, blind, like you mentioned, it used to be a just have a good time of it, and now there's a. I mean, I. I blame the Oakland Athletics, honestly, for turning everything into a stats game. And uh, it's it's just taken this to a whole other level and made it really popular, like with the fantasy sports and everything. Um, so and you mentioned poker. Like, I don't like to go to the casino to gamble, but you will hear me talk about going to the casino because I will play poker. And it is a game. It's a strategic game with luck involved, of course. But these strategic games I thoroughly enjoy. Um, but sports betting, there's definitely strategy and some knowledge involved, but by and large, man, you're at a huge disadvantage. Um, that's why these companies do so well. And it's just gaining in popularity. So when you're talking about the other side of the coin, that is the DraftKings, that is the MGMs, Caesars, what have you, like they're the beneficiaries. Um, FLUT Flutter as FanDuel, I think it is, and uh, 
just double check. Yeah, Flutter. And uh, so that's another name that's been making headlines. Um, but just check out these numbers, you guys. Uh, if you're wondering about investing in the space. Um, all right, so I just pulled up some of this stuff using my favorite new favorite new app here, Perplexity. And um, it says here, see, I was just reading. Uh, the market for online sports betting is forecasted to reach about 16 billion in 2026. So that's an insane number, and it has has seen double-digit percentage growth every year, and project projected to continue growing through at least next year. Um, and with you know, it's got continued legalization. Ohio just happened, right? New York last year, like a year ago, basically. Um, yeah, so just a lot of uh, up. Uh, we call it tailwinds behind it, and then I mean the the NFL and and the NHL being in Vegas tells you everything you know about the few. I mean, they got the smartest people in the world trying to figure that stuff out, and they say, yeah, Vegas is a good bet. Uh, we want to get in bed with gambling. Um, it, you know, they're it, they could still have keep Pete Rose out of the Hall of Fame for for like betting on his own games to win or something, uh, but you know they. It, it's 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 been an entire sea change you know people are receptive to it people enjoy it uh there's there's it's not the um doesn't have like the 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 mob boss sort of uh uh mysticism about it anymore the bookie you know it, it's it's like up and up and it's legal and it's above board yeah you're not getting screwed over like you know what the odds are when you go in you know you're gonna get paid um i guess the last thing i want to add is like how long's gambling been around i mean oh yeah Probably been along as long as prostitution, right? Like it's it's not going anywhere. No, no, definitely not. And you know, if you've been to any games, like soccer games in particular, you know, football and anywhere else in the world. Um, but you know, I've gone to EPL matches in in London, for example. And when you go to these games, like it's standard that there's sections there where you go to these kiosks and you can place your bets, right? Like, and then when you're when you're in Europe and you're watching TV, like. There's commercials for all kinds of gambling. There's channels dedicated to it where you can call in and all the numbers and all the stuff. Like it's a whole other kind of environment where it's more accepted. And I don't know that that's a necessarily a, a, a great thing for society overall, but I'm just saying like there's this whole market that what we've got here in the States could grow into. Like I, I think that um, if I'm not mistaken, the Phoenix Suns and Footprint Arena um, we're talking about adding in kiosks and working with, I don't think it was DraftKings. I think it was one of the competitors, competitors but um, yeah, and having like a whole section. I can't remember. I don't know if anybody else here remembers that, but um, yeah, so it's like this whole evolution where they're going to continue to expand. Um, and, you know, in the States, NFL has something like, what was the number? 81% of mobile uh, gamblers have placed a bet on NFL games. So if you're betting on sports, odds are good you're betting on NFL games. Um, and then, yeah, NBA, MLB, college football right behind it. So, uh, yeah, nonstop, right, new starts to all these seasons. The only other thing I would say about, you know, looking at investing in this space is DraftKings, of course, has been on a rip. And if you look at the chart, it looks like a no-brainer. But there's just a lot of competition um caesars mgm um there's a ticker betz bets um which is a more global it's roundhill sports betting and iGaming. um it's an etf and it you know kind of tracks 
I don't know how many holdings it's got. I can look this up here. But, you know, you've got basically a number of different uh, names in the space could be a good competition. And so there's no sure bets, uh, pun intended. Um, but I think that the numbers and the trend um, just kind of speaks volumes as far as um, the potential here. And again, you know, casinos and Vegas do well because of the way that everything's set up, right? Now you keep going back because it's a good time and you have fun and they know how to make it a good time. And you know you're going to lose, you know, 99 times out of 100. And yet here we go, we keep going back. That's all these guys have to do with respect to DraftKings and FanDuel's and, and all of these uh, types of companies is just make it enjoyable, right? I got some uh, stats here. I'm going to read off. Um, Fire away. So 45% of the time, if um, this is, these are a, a little dated by, by a few months. In October, 45% of the time, if a um, sports better was using an app, they were using DraftKings. Um, and FanDuel was 20%. So 45% market share for DraftKings, 20% for FanDuel. Um, in October, yeah, there was a 66% increase from, from October to, uh, to, to February, like for, over time. So in February, people were using the app X amount of time. By the time it got up to October, they're using it 66% more of the time. Um, September, there was $11.6 billion wagered just in September. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, the, 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 youngest, uh, the youngest demographics are growing the fastest. So like 21 to 28. Um, yeah, that's the highest... Uh, highest adoption highest uh you know you know conversion is like young people are getting into it they're addicted to it they like it they're get it's like okay, they got little so wins I, I love i love investments where you're capturing a young audience yeah. yeah you know that's a play that'll last 50 years that's that's a really interesting stat right there yeah i mean it i there was a i made a thread the other day of like oh it's off carl's um yeah carl was like hey here's my top 10 companies if i were going to start over with my long-term portfolio. You can link that in chat if you want, Carl. And one of my answers was DraftKings. Well, two of two of them were ones that were capturing the young demographics, and that's DraftKings and Roblox. And they both similarly kind of have like gambling functionality. They hook you for for many hours of the day. Uh, you know, they're like dopamine feedback systems. It's um, I mean, these it's uh they hold attention, you know, we're in the intention economy. And if you've got something, if you've got a product that can, that can, uh, you know, demand people's attention and keep it like Twitter, um, you know, you, you've got a winner for sure. Yeah. These apps allow you to do constant in-game in betting too. Right. So that's another thing I noticed right away. And I've got a buddy who um, takes, you know, his sports gambling pretty uh, seriously and he does well i mean he, the man does his research and uh, every time i this it's the only time i do sports bets with buddies because that makes it fun right like i get to talk some smack and all that and i and it's just me and my friend but like he he smokes me every time because he knows what he's doing and he does the research and so on um but what i noticed with him was with talking with him was it used to just be you know, what's the line before the game? You know, I'm going to take the over. I like this team. I like that team. And now it's like, 
you know, at halftime, it's like, oh, I think the, they'll cover second half. And I think, you know, the, you know, this team is going to outscore this team in the second half. So I'm going to actually bet that. And then there's mid you know, I don't have any of these installed. I did I did when they first came out, and I deleted them pretty quick. But I didn't even know that you had the in-game. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't even know oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what got me overwhelmed. So I was telling you guys I played during the uh, playoffs of the NFL. And, um, yeah, you like, let's say you are going to say the total of the game is going to be, you know, 50 between both teams combined. Uh, at, you know, throughout the game, you can cash that out for some value. And it's constantly moving, and um, you know, you know that DraftKings knows what's you know likely going to happen, and they're adjusting that price in their favor. But you constantly have that pressure, like, oh, do I cash out this fifty dollars bet for seventy five dollars now, or do I wait and hope to get eighty? You know, and it's, it's, <laughs> it, it's such a mind game. It's and, like um, it's like a little mini a like, mini deal or no deal. Yeah, like a mini game exactly. So there's those there's those uh, features, which I mean, genius on Graph. King's part, like very, very good way to mess with your psychology. Um, but it, the, the bets get way more specific, and this is what I was telling about the stats being kind of crazy. It's like I built on um, on um, Taylor Swift's boyfriend Kelsey to get the first touchdown in their division playoff uh, within the first half. I bet on like just these crazy outlandish things. Like you can literally bet on freaking any aspect of the game. You can bet if somebody gets injured. You can bet if Somebody gets sick and can't play. You can bet if, you know, the quarterback throws an interception to a specific player. Like, it, it, it's such a rabbit hole. It's absurd. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. I, I didn't even realize you could bet on people's people getting hurt. That's uh, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember seeing that specifically, but I'm pretty sure it's in there. Like, I know that there's bets on if somebody would play or not. I don't know if it's off injury reserves or what but i mean it, it gets super deep man like it's all right i got i got something for you guys this is a great story i don't know if it'll ever be able to be reproduced though like this guy might have ruined it for everybody else and i think it's true but the the there's a streaker at the super bowl right and i don't think they showed it but um there was a prop bet for yeah I was, there was a bet for that yeah did you and then there's a prop bet if there would be a streaker so the deal is, I, again, don't know, fact check this all you want. I don't care if it's true or not because I just love the story. And I think I, I think it was real. This guy uh, bet like 40 grand on the prop bet. And then he went out and streaked so he could win his money. And he won like 350 grand or something stupid like that. Probably paid his uh, fine to get out. I don't know if that was a real story or not, but I thought that would be a brilliant idea. And why couldn't you do that, right? Like, I mean, well, you don't mind the record, right? <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure. Like, I'm sure there's some sort of clause in there. Of, like, <laughs> you think they're going to screw him? Can't pay him out. Yeah, like I, I bet if it, there's some sort of clause that allows them to get out of it, if it's like you or someone you know or someone that you paid or you had prior knowledge that it was going to happen, you know. That they that they're disallowed from paying. I'm sure there's something like that. There, there's that's if they catch you though. Like, hey, Paul, I'm gonna go streak at the soccer game tomorrow. You bet on it. Like, how would they ever prove that? Well, like, but I mean, we're hearing about the story, so. <laughs> well, that, that, yeah, they could, that guy's a dumbass. But like, if if he really wanted like make money doing this, like it'd be so hard to prove. Unless like 
you streaked every game, and they're like, hey, this guy streaked like five times. <laughs> we keep losing a lot of money on these bets. Something. Well, well, yeah, yeah. If you do it, how people insider trade in real life, where you tell a friend who tells a friend who tells a friend who tells their broker, you know, like that. Okay, then you've got some levels of uh, obfuscation there. That is, I just thought that was a great story. Well, by, by the way, I did not expect to be talking about Naked Man on the show tonight. You never know with me, thing. man. You never know what to get when I'm hosting. Cause you went there. You went there. I, I, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, and, and people, this is kind of a, uh, a uh, divisive word, but like um, degeneracy, like, I think, you know, any anything that sort of any company that sort of dabbles in degeneracy, uh, I, I mean, I, I think that that is the way that our culture is heading. It's the way our country, it's the way the world is heading. Um, I, I think it's it's a good bet to bet on degeneracy, whether that's crypto, whether that's gambling, whether that's, uh, you know, Roblox or whatever, uh, energy drinks or weed or uh alcohol or whatever else. So I think, um, I think you're, you're going to start to see uh, societal things like widening wealth gap, wh whatever else, um, you know, only fans, only fans is ubiquitous. Oh, what was that? Oh, I think that's all tied to, sorry to talk over your pod. I mean, to, uh, I think it's all tied to that instant gratification that is really taken over, right? All those things you mentioned yeah. give you immediate, either wins or outsized wins or immediate feel goods right yeah. and netflix even you know all, all of those things that that sort that um give you instant gratification or or give you like a poor man's vacation yeah. uh, any of that stuff i i would def i'm bullish on that stuff um and guess guess who the gatekeeper to most of that content is we're all talking on it or except for nate who's got his uh google phone <laughs> But <laughs> <laughs> Nate and his Google phone. <laughs> yeah, but the gatekeeper of all this addictive content is the ultimate uh, drug peddler, and that's the black mirror in our in our hands that we look at uh, eight hours a day, right? Yeah, hundred a thousand percent. Like screen being screen addicted is the the default in society today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's sad. Yeah. it really is. Um, I just looked up OnlyFans revenue, by the way, because, Paul, you were talking about it. Um, again, for the listeners here, we're not always talking about porn and naked people, but here we are. Uh, but 2022, OnlyFans made uh, revenue of $1.09 billion, with a profit margin of 16.9%. Uh, yeah, I mean, Damn. if I could invest in OnlyFans, I, I would consider it because... Um, it's a ticker, isn't it? That I would be a real sin ticker. stock. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's publicly traded, um, but I'm pretty not sure it's yet. not. But uh, like, yeah, any of that stuff. I mean, bet on and and you might have some of the companies wrong. Um, you know, like weed stocks. Who knows which one's going to win or whatever? But like, right. Um, it bet on that in the future, absolutely, like a thousand percent. Like, um. You know, people are becoming, more, you know, people are sort of deracinated. They're more atomized. They're not, um, they're, people don't like go to church or whatever. There's not strong communities. It's like, all right, yeah, Netflix and football and gambling and, and uh, Pornhub and um, uh, Coca-Cola and Wendy's. I'm going to bid on my cheeseburger. 
you see you guys see that picture up top in the uh the screen the, of um of uh second order second level uh order flow there with betting on a wendy's uh value meal <laughs> i see it now oh, that's good stuff <laughs> it didn't take long it did not take long <laughs> yeah man it's um it's interesting. I, I'm glad that you guys had a lot to, to bring to the table on these topics tonight because I definitely think it's um, worth paying attention to. I think that, you know, it's I'm in a weird spot with it because I both thoroughly uh, have enjoyed, like, if you ask me one of my, what my favorite place is to go to, like, it's a hard question, but Vegas is in the mix. I love Vegas because of how real it is. Like, everywhere you go nowadays, people have agendas, and you're not quite sure maybe what, yeah, I go places and people are super nice to me, and they really just want my money or whatever. In Vegas, they're super nice to you, but they also, they, they tell you right to your face, we're here to take all your money. Like, you're going to leave broke and happy. This is great. And <clears throat> you just know it. Everybody's fake there. But you know it going in, like everything's made of plastic, but you know that when you show up, right? Like it's, I kind of like it. And also at the same time, it's a, it's, it's a lot of what you're talking about, Paul. It's a reflection on kind of what society uh, enjoys and what they're headed towards. And so um, I think betting um, or investing um, on a lot of these uh, kind of topics or in these names Makes a lot of sense. Of course, this is yes. a quick disclaimer, right? Not financial advice, but yeah, it makes a lot of sense, right? Well, and there's no there's no shame. Like shame doesn't exist in society anymore. Like sh being shameless is is the default, and celebrating your lack of shame is a, is a virtue. Um, so did you it's, see? Did you see so, so there's there's no um. I mean, there's no like. Uh, there's no natural immunity against any of this stuff. And I'm not trying to say that this is all evil or whatever. I'm just right. saying that there's, you're not going to have any pushback on any of this stuff. Uh, sorry, go on, Nate. No, I almost want to stop myself, but I'll just say, did you guys see, and then I, I don't want to derail this too much, but this is a good topic. Um, the Cam Newton, right? Like you mentioned Cam's name earlier. Uh, he was doing like a camp for youth, you know, football. Yeah, that's why I thought about him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and these kids, you know, they got like, I don't know if he actually got into a tiff with them or, you know, but it was like basically trying to break out into a fight. And I just can't imagine that. Like, if I had any sports athlete coming to my school or to my town or whatever as a kid, it would be like, yes, sir, thank you for coming. I'm going to listen to everything you say. And then I'm going to tell my parents how they're wrong about everything and how Mr. Cam Newton is right. And like, it would have been the utmost respect, and now we've got, you know, a total lack of that, and uh, yeah. it shows up in situations like that. Yeah, there, there's a few videos out there I, I saw of of these kids. Yeah, Cam Newton. Okay, he's retired. He's rich. Yeah, uh, he, you know, he he, he he wants for nothing, and so he did this like sports camp with kids, um, and, and for free. I'm pretty sure, and and these. And these kids, there's multiple videos of them jawing at him like, oh, you're bum, you're washed up, uh, you know, like just being extremely disrespectful. And he's like, hey, where's he's like, where's your dad at? Like, like, what are you doing? Like, like, uh, you know, he it's uh, it's crazy. Like, yeah, like I, I'm totally with you, Nate. If there was like some local sports hero that came and, you know, wanted to uh, demonstrate and give their time for free, it's like, you know, 
being grateful is uh, should be the default there. But um, yeah, and, and he also like got in a fist fight with three of them. I think they they like jump, they like tried to jump them or something. It's as ridiculous. Um, as ridiculous. Pretty crazy. Yeah. So there you go. Like they're, 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 they're calling them all these names. It's like the dude was an MVP. He might have even, did he even go to a Super Bowl? I'm not sure. But like, you know, it, it's like, you know, they're children. Yeah, he's been to at least one or two Super Bowls. Yeah. I don't think he won, but he's been. Yeah, to he's been to at least a Super Bowl. And it's like, hey, uh, you know, this guy, he's had his career. He's made his, he's made his money. He's, you know, he's. Uh, going to be remembered by history. It's like, uh, what it, what have you done, sixteen year old? That's just tossing tossing stones. It's um, pretty crazy. Yeah, there's no shame. There's no, um, not there's there's no guardrails. There's, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like so- society is accelerating in a strange way. You made it to Super Bowl Fifty. So I'm sorry, but I got a Super Bowl quarterback showing up i would have been like trembling like it would have been amazing and uh to get just to think about popping off at him oh man if i if i if that was my boy i'd be smacking him upside the head i cannot believe that stuff happens these days anyways um i sound like an old man now so i'll stop and say this all ties back in a nice full circle back into these stocks that we've been talking about and taking a look at. Like, I think it makes sense the direction things are going, the trends um, that, you know, if you just look at the numbers and the money flow, like forget about um, all this great conversation or not great around, you know, society and the way things are, are trending, like just look at the money and the interests and um, what's going on with, uh, sports betting and, and online gambling. I mean, all this stuff is is trending upwards. So I, I like these names. Uh, there's going to be winners and losers for sure, but I think definitely worth looking at the space. And with that, I think we should wrap it, you guys. Anything I missed or anything you guys want to close out with um, that we didn't get to this evening? If not, we are going to have another space tomorrow. We'll do the Wealth Building Wednesdays like we always do. And uh, let's see, what was tomorrow's topic going to be? I think it was, um, oh, yeah, actually, just wealth building wisdom. So kind of general topics. We have the panel here talking about different things that they're doing. Um, and you know, I'll talk about some stuff I tried and didn't work out and why it didn't work. So we'll get into some of that. But uh, otherwise, yeah, love talking about markets with you guys on Tuesdays. Thanks for joining me again. And everybody who did tune in, make sure you give these guys a follow. If you haven't already, check them out. Uh, Great stuff. And uh, appreciate you guys' knowledge again and your time.